0: It's the circle of life. We ask thousands of women one question, then we listen to their answers, and now we get to dig deeper, have the tough conversations, and explore the answers to even bigger questions. How is it possible that you have a good life right now, yet still want more?
1: What happens when you no longer fit into society's box? How would it feel to be free to live your life your way? These are the questions, and this podcast will explore the answers. I am Teresa. And I am Kelly. And we welcome you to Lifing
0: Live.
1: Let's talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Lifing Live. We are always so glad that you are here. And today, we want to do a special shout-out to all of us, especially midlife women, who find themselves in the position of parenting their parents. And Kelly, we both know this very well, you most recently. Uh, So why don't you talk about your experience?
0: Yes, and again, I wanna give uh, just so much love to whoever is in this situation that we find ourselves uh, mothering our mothers and mothering our fathers. And it's a pretty intense circle of life. My mother was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease when she was around 57 years old. And now she is 75. So we're in late stages of Parkinson's and coupled with severe dementia. So it was a slow burn because we got the news when she, again, almost 20 years ago. And so it was a journey of Well, it was a journey of losing the mother that I knew. And I have a different mother now, and now I have a mother that is my child almost, my baby almost, a toddler perhaps is the mentality. And again, it's been a long journey with it, but the last, I would say four years or so is when the diapers happened and the you know severe caregiving and now it's you know she's we have to have eyes on her constantly it is one of the are obviously the hardest experiences i've ever experienced and sad every day however there's these little moments of that full circle feeling where i just feel like wow this is a cycle of life and she'll look at me like very innocently and doing things a child would do. And I did, I chose not to have children and a joke my mom always used to say to me when I was little is you better at least have one. So you know what I went through. And funny (laughs) that it should so happen that she is my one. And there's a reverence in this. There is um, humility, compassion, Um, so many emotions that go with it, um, that is super, super hard obviously, but there's those moments where I know her soul is in there. Her personality is gone the same, the mother I knew. So sometimes I'm looking at her and I'm wondering where she is in there. Where are you? Like she's gotta be in there somewhere. And I know I believe in the soul and I believe she has, you know, her soul. It just gets me thinking is like our personality isn't even who we are. We talk about energy. We talk about you aren't what you do for a living. You are who you are. So sometimes I'll just look at her and I'll ask her, where are you? Are you in there? And sometimes she'll just look at me and at this point she doesn't really form sentences or anything, but it's just a question I pose. But mainly what I get out of it is this reverence of being the mother of my mother and how that's full circle. I'm changing her diaper, she changed my diapers. So as much as I thought in my earlier life, I could never do something like that. I could never live through something like that. I would never wanna be in diapers. You don't ever wanna be in that position for someone to caretake for you in that way. My mother, who she was would, never ever she'd be horrified uh to find herself in this situation and to put that well she would think it's putting it on us as our our children but it's just sometimes i just have that full circle moment yeah i think it's an honor it's kind of how i look at it i
1: think it's an honor when we get to be the caretaker as difficult as it is and it's nothing that anybody thought they signed up for but we kind of do when we stay in that responsible role for our parents and i do believe that it's an honor when they allow us to care for them now some might say well she's not allowing it just defaulted that way Uh, with my mom she actually allowed us to care for her. As many times as she said, you know, I don't want to be a burden to you kids. You know, the reality of it is what do you do when you're at that point in life where you know what they need and you know that you're probably the best person to care for them in most situations. And so I think we just step into it if we're ready to step into it. Some people aren't ready and that's okay. But as midlife women, I think there comes a time when, when there's usually that you know, 20, 20-some 20 year difference between us that when we hit midlife, they're at the age where they might need somebody to caretake. And so we get to do that if we choose to do that. And by the way, it's okay if you choose not to do that because it is tough. And as we've been talking about how many things we juggle, this is just one more thing that we would have to juggle in, in an already busy, responsible life. So with my mom, she started changing when my father passed because she lost her purpose in life. She loved him dearly. I always say they were still so in love after over 50 years of marriage. And her role in life was to be his caretaker. Like she just wanted so badly to care for him. And when he was gone, she didn't have that anymore. And nobody could replace it. Not the kids, not the grandkids, not the great grandkids. Uh, you know, it was the love of her life and that aspect was gone. And so she started declining. Now it took her 10 years to get to the point where she chose to let go of this life because she was totally healthy when she passed you know, heart-wise, lung-wise, all that other good stuff, all these other measures that society says, oh, she's good. But when it was pretty evident that somebody needed to step in and intervene, we had tried so many different situations and then it ultimately got to, it's time. And she led us and... That, to me, was the honor where where she actually led us. And one of the things that kept me going, that kept me in the game and staying by her side for months on end was I used to tell myself all the time that's exactly what she did for me. Kind of like what you were saying. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll, I get to do it for her. Now, I make it sound like that was it but it was so difficult. Because I think when we see our loved ones changing form, Mm. not being the mother, like you said, that you're used to seeing, and and now you have a new mother that that you may or may not even recognize, that becomes emotionally difficult. Because as kids, you know, we look up to our parents like they're everything. They know everything. They can fix everything. They'll they, they all take care of us. We'll always have a go-to person. And then when that relationship starts shifting, that's where it is emotionally taxing to come to terms with ourselves. Like I had to come to terms with myself, that my relationship with my mother was changing. That to me was the hardest thing of being her caretaker and then i would remind myself that i'm going to step into this because my mother never would have left me fan for myself in a situation where i wasn't able to fan for myself and so i kept telling myself and that's what kept bringing me back by her side and and not wanting to leave and my brother and sister had the same journey and you learn a lot by taking care of your parents I think there's a part where you learn what you can endure you learn Mm -hmm. what you can do when you thought you couldn't do it you learn how to deal with it emotionally well okay deal with it the best you can emotionally because i did have my breakdown moments i had many breakdown moments i had very taxing moments and when it was all said and done i looked back on it And even when I cared for my father too, I looked back on it and and felt like I was blessed to be able to be the person with my brother and sister to give back the love, to come full circle on that caretaking, that love, that concern, that unconditional love that we would do anything uh, for our parents and that that's kind of a wrapping up of their life My dad used to have this riddle, and it was, who starts off on four legs, turns into two legs, and then to three legs? And when I was very young, I didn't get that. But what he was saying is, you know, we start out as babies on four legs, then we learn how to walk, and we're on two legs. And then the older we get, if we need a cane or we need some assistance, then we have three legs. And he always also used to say he wasn't leaving this earth. Because there's so many things now that would take him, whether it was heart disease or cancer or natural mm. death. But we all know we don't get out of this world alive. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, the writing's kind of on the wall. And so sometimes we get surprised like, oh my gosh, it's here. And You're never prepared for it. Yeah, you're never prepared for it. But what a gift to be able to give back so much to the people that gave us. That's how I looked at it, and that's how I, I made it through. And so for all of you that are in that position right now where you're caretaking for your parents, and, and, and we're at an all time high, by the way, because most of us midlife women are in the baby boomer generation. And we're also in what they call the sandwich generation, which means we're taking care of people that are older than us, and we're taking, people, taking care of people that are younger than us. There are a lot of households out there that we'll also give kudos to that are not only taking care of your elderly parents, but you're also taking care of your grandchildren. Because we see now more than ever where grandparents are taking care of their grandchildren. So kudos to us to have the strength to do what needs to be done or that we choose to do at this time in our life. And, and then you, you put on top of that, taking care of all these other people, which we already have talked about so many times about the, the amount of responsibility that women take on. Then we're still in this journey of finding ourselves. And it's a funny thing that when we take care of other people, we start really finding parts of ourselves because we start seeing what we want and what we don't want. And we start seeing how to live a life of no regret or the best that we can with a life of no regret. And so take this moment, if you're in these situations, take these moments to sit and say, what am I learning about myself? What is my self-discovery in this, this caretaking role? And it's a role I never thought I would be in. Uh, and I don't know why I never thought I would be in it. I mean, come on, it's, we, don't, we don't leave planet Earth. Alive, so
0: well not your physical body, let's right? Say. So, <laughs> so at some point we might have to care for other people. And sometimes you have the situation where your parents just pass away quickly, um, and that's a different that's different than literally being the caregiver, the the mother to your mother, the mm-hmm. mother to your father. And I found a difference during this process this past year. Within this process of taking care of my mother, my father got sick and I didn't know what was going on with him, but he ended up within four months, passing within four months. Now my mom has been on this 20 year journey of Parkinson's. So um, the last four years that she's been, you know, the dementia took over. So it's been a slow burn, but with my dad, it was like he got sick really fast, but he did get to the point where, you know, he needed full care. and you know, diapers and everything. And I, I was kind of in denial. And I'll get to my point of what's the difference between the father, you being a daughter and the father, and then the mother and the daughter caregiving wise. And I learned that, uh, the hard way (laughs) he passed away a few months ago. And for him, he was conscious of what was going on. So he was like, when it got to, um, the time where he, you know, needed, he was in, in diapers before he went to hospice, um, I thought to myself, I can't do this with my dad. Like there's no way, it's my dad. There's n- I can't, I can't do it. What I can't do it. But something shifted in me when I had to do it, that the caregiver took over and it became, did become my dad. I just became a vessel to care for this person Mm -hmm. that needed this help. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like you think it'd be this like horror for him. He's like, this is the, he he said to me, he goes, this is the worst moment of my life. He's like, this is my biggest fear has come to pass. And he was crying. And I said, dad, we're just gonna do this. It's not gonna be any big deal. You know, I gave him a little, you know, towel to cover himself. So, you know, everything was, you know, (laughs) respectful and, and just, something took over in me and and I just did what I had to do and I didn't know I could do it, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So there is a difference between my mom and my my projection that I can't do it with my dad, like I can't do that toilet stuff, you know, just this get real about it. It's like that freaked me out. Uh, But something shifted in me and again, it was an honor and a miracle and I wasn't close with my dad my whole entire life. Uh, We reconnected later in life so again, it was the same kind of full circle mm-hmm. um, moment, however painful. Um, and then he went home, mm-hmm. So, and my mom's next. And I, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it saying it's an easy thing. It's probably the hardest thing I've been through. But thank God for my spirituality. I know that once, I just felt like there's, when they're suffering, there's that relief, mm-hmm. that sense of release for them. Does it make it easy on us? I'm not sure how it's going to be when my mom does go. But after a few months with my dad, I felt like he's home, he's free, he's popping wheelies on his motorcycle in the sky. He's a motorcycle rider. And um, the full circle blessings there. Mm -hmm. I think the, the,
1: the big message that you just said was you found this new well of possibilities and potential within yourself that you were able to tap into. And it doesn't matter what we're taking on, whether we're caring for our parents, caring for our children, caring for the household, caring for our jobs. We, we have this well that... Reserves. You, yes, yes. And, and I think it's it's the potential. Because, mm-hmm. I, you know, we've, we've mentioned this before that we don't know how much potential we really have within you know we've always been told by them whoever they are that we only use a very small percentage of our of our potential and when you get challenged with certain things all of a sudden isn't it interesting that you find the energy to do what you need to do or you find the willpower or you find the strength to do what you need to do and i think that's tapping into that well of potential that we don't even know that we have until we're pushed to that moment where we need it and lo and behold it's there and for no matter what we're doing uh, no matter what it is i think if we just knock knock tap tap we might uncover just a whole nother way uh, a whole nother set of power superpowers that we have that help us get through the next moment and the next moment and the next moment
0: We don't always know we have that strength within us, especially when we, I don't know how to say it, pre-think it, like our pre-thought about it. Mm -hmm. We have one preconceived notion. Preconceived notion is Mm -hmm. like, I call it projection when you kind of just vomit on something. (laughs) Like, Like, I think it's gonna go this way. When you give yourself some grace in those moments where you are in fear and horror and I can't believe this is happening, something shifts when there's no other, there was nobody else Mm -hmm. to help. So this is gotta be done by me and I'm gonna do it. You know, so I just, just to reiterate that, um, it's pretty amazing what you are capable of when you didn't Mm -hmm. even know you could do something. Now, can you imagine
1: if we could tap into that under every normal circumstance right or a dream or a goal like why like, do we have to wait until we're pushed to the limit on the the not so pleasant stuff like Just wonder like, twin powers activate yeah exactly <laughs> when when we sit and we say hmm i want to accomplish this in life and then tap into that well of possibilities you know yeah. why do we like do we really have to wait until we're pushed to the limit before we tap into it and rise above and just, just do it. Like just become the wonder women that we are. I mean, we really are. Uh, I, I, I truly believe that every single one of us has the power of wonder woman. Yes. And, um, okay. Maybe we don't have bracelets or, you know, whatever. But the reality of it is, is, you know, we look at it on the TV screen and we think, yeah, that's just animation or yeah, that's just storytelling but you probably, all of us, have probably had the experience of taking it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And, and not knowing, where, well, where did that come from? Or I didn't know I could do that. And all of a sudden you're doing it. And then you get to do it again and again and again, and you realize that this, this now comes normal to you. This becomes your new norm. And, and then you go to something else and you, you tap into that well again, And you learn something new, you do something different, you challenge yourself, you start finding yourself doing things that you never thought you could have done. And then that becomes your new norm. And that's growth. Mm -hmm. You know, I I grew a lot in caring for my parents. And, you know, there are other ways to grow without the pain of those experiences. And uh, so I get encouraged, even though this is a heavy subject, I get encouraged that, What we learned through this process is more than just the full circle of life. It's also what I'm learning in that circle of life and how much bigger of a person I can become or how much more I have to offer or how much more I can accomplish. Uh, when, When our mind said, no, no, but everything else says yes.
0: When you absolutely have to rise up, you do. Yeah. So maybe so, it's a thing where we open up first to see what we can do, like you're saying, before the need actually comes. Yeah. Yeah, like we can open up and walk through, or just open up to the possibilities, the unlimited possibilities and potential that we actually are—that you can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. You can do
1: anything, even even though you didn't think you could. I remember. I, I, when I was with United Parcel Service, I used to travel all the time, and we usually traveled in teams because our project was team-oriented. I remember this one time I had to go to LA for the first time by myself on business, and I was flying there, and I thought, hmm, I'm renting a car, and instead of freaking out that I was going to have to drive the LA freeways, mm-hmm. I told myself this is going to be a great experience because if i learn how to navigate get myself to where i need to go through the la traffic then i could drive anywhere and
0: this is before our navigation on our phone oh so yeah we didn't have <laughs> gps no
1: this was this was a map. Take out a map. Right. No. You know what we used to do at the time? We would go on and we would map it on MapQuest and do the printout. Oh, yes. Right? That. But, yeah, try reading the printout when you're on the LA freeways. At right. the same time of going 75, 80 miles yeah. an hour. Yeah. yeah. it wasn't realistic. But I told myself, like, this could be a, a scary venture. Or I could turn it and tap into this well of... I can do this. I may not know the how, but I can do this. And then once I did it, and I obviously made it because I'm here to talk about it, <laughs> uh, then I realized that I could drive anywhere in the country. Hmm. And so driving then in any other big city, when I went to New York City, it was like, no big deal. I, I conquered LA. I can conquer any town I go into. And And so it kind of made my travel for business so much easier because I had evidence that I could do this and in caring for your dad, well, starting with your mom, you had evidence that you could do this. And even though you couldn't see caring for your dad, you had evidence that you could be the caretaker of a parent. And I think that's, you know, when you said something just clicked in you, I think that's kind of what clicks in us. So I did the exact same process. I was able Mm -hmm. to care for my dad. And it made me that much stronger to care for my mom. So tap into that evidence that you have, uh, where you've seen that you can do what you have thought was impossible, you know? And there's that saying, you know, do the impossible. And then you'll start finding out what is really possible. So that's the lesson we'd like to leave with you. Uh, And again, so much admiration for all of us who have, cared or are caring uh, for our parents or any elderly person that you're caring for and anybody else in the household that you're caring for because it takes the strength of a woman to do
0: that. And, and, and we have it. And we really want to acknowledge them. I, I like to call it uh, we're mothers to our mothers and mothers to our fathers. And we are, our hearts are with you tonight. hmm in this intense, amazing, beautiful, scary, hard, full circle journey. Yes.
1: So thank you for joining us on this Lifing Live podcast. And uh, whoever you're caring for, uh, go, just go give them a big hug. Uh, if not for yourself, for us, just go give them a big hug and spread some love. And we're sending you love. Yes. We thank are you sending for joining us. Tons of love. Thank you.